Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Faith Coffee and Kid podcast. This is your host, Cherie. I'm so happy you decided to join me today. I am diving into faith in this episode, and I'm going to give you some really practical ways that you can nourish, strengthen, and protect your faith. I hope you enjoy the podcast. Hi, welcome to Faith Coffee and a Kid podcast. This is your host, Cherie, and I am so happy you're here. I hope you had a beautiful Easter Sunday and um, you spend it with the ones that you love and just really had some time to reflect on the love of Christ. Um, My Easter was really nice. It was low key. I did go to church, heard a beautiful sermon. Um, spent time with my daughter and friends, and it was just a really nice Easter. Um, and you know, the interesting thing is, I was feeling a little just like overwhelmed um, when I was listening to the service, and that overwhelmingness of like just love and gratitude um, for the sacrifice that Christ made for my my life, my sins. And I found myself even today thinking about the message. But also thinking about, um, you know, just what afterwards, right? After the resurrection, when Jesus appeared again. And I started thinking a lot about Thomas. And, you know, unfortunately, Thomas is known as Doubting Thomas, right? Because he had doubted um, the resurrection that Jesus was alive. And then Jesus came and he proved it to him. And, um, you know, sometimes we have this tendency to kind of villainize certain people in the Bible because they didn't automatically fall in line or, you know, they weren't um, obedient or they wavered in their faith. And I feel like we have to give those people a break. And I'll tell you why, (laughs) because I think that we have a lot more in common with them than we sometimes care to admit. And I really found that when I did my um, last podcast on Lot's Wife right? And this idea of Lot's wife doesn't even have a name, but she was looked upon as this like, you know, foolish woman who looked back and turned into a pillar of salt. And yes, it was not a smart move to do that, to look back when God was saying, hey, keep going forward. But how many of us have fallen into that path, right? That we've looked back. And just like Thomas, how many of us have doubted our faith? And you know, belief. And so I was thinking about Thomas and I thought, you know, maybe in his grief, right? And the horrific crucifixion, it felt so final to him, right? Like physically he saw this and it felt so final um, that he couldn't really fathom the resurrection of Christ. Maybe Thomas relied on his emotions and what he saw and let that dictate what he believed. And I was thinking about, you know, how this happens on our own faith walk, right? How we've experienced doubt. And a lot of times it happens, and I'll talk about this just by, you know, faith is believing in what we cannot see. And so what Thomas saw was in a sense proof to him, even though Christ told him, hey, I will be back in three days, I will rise. And, you know, even though he told him that, Um, the physicality of what had happened, the emotional part of it, all of those things, I wonder if it played into um, him and his doubting faith. And so it made me think about my own faith walk and the doubts that I've experienced. And if you 
are like me, you've probably had those moments too. And so I wanted to talk today about faith and how do we nourish it, strengthen it, and protect it. So I wanted to start first by reading um, 1 Peter um, chapter 1, 6 through 9. And in this chapter, he says, In all this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. These have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith, of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. For you are receiving the end result of your faith, the salvation of your souls. I just find that chapter, um, those few verses just so beautiful and, and just so encouraging because Peter really tries to convey to us the weight and the value of our faith, right? And he tells us it's greater than gold, right? Like it's greater than all these things in the world that people cherish because those things perish, right? Um, even when it's refined by fire, it perishes. And so that your faith and and God, like, you know, those are things are forever. They are, inter- they are, they are eternal. And faith, in my mind, when I read this, it's invaluable to our walk in our lives as Christians. And I believe it's invaluable to how we um, end up living our life. And so although we cannot physically see Christ through faith, we believe in him and the resurrection and the ultimate sacrifice. And through that, we have hope and eternal life. And, you know, through faith, we're shielded by God's power. And our faith acts as a shield and protects us against the enemy's lies and schemes. You know, when we walk in faith, we walk in light and not darkness. We view life as full and not empty. And we feel assured and not anxiety ridden, right? And our faith is the cornerstone to that abundant spiritual life that sustains us and helps us to live on purpose. And so one of the, the, the message that I really want to get across is this. If we protect, strengthen, and nourish our faith, it will do the same for us. It's a reciprocal relationship, right? And I think of our faith as a relationship in a sense, like we have to take care of it, right? We can't just uh, put it aside for a few days, right? It needs tending to. And so first I want to jump into nourishing our faith. Like how do we nourish our faith? We nourish our faith through the word of God, through studying the scriptures and applying it to our daily life. So we fatten up our faith through the spiritual meat of the scriptures that fill us with the wisdom of God. The word is active and breathes life into our faith, right? And it is that substance that is necessary for our faith to stay in good condition. It keeps it healthy and growing. And that is why it's so important to develop, you know, that spiritual discipline of studying the scriptures and making it a part of who we are so that we can activate it in our life because faith is alive, right? And if we, it it is fueled by, you know, understanding why we have faith, right? 
And part of that is like really diving into the scriptures and understanding what God says about it, what Jesus' sacrifice was for it, what Jesus talked to about his disciples and about faith. All of that is helping nourish our faith. Um, We're told that everything in the scriptures, right? It's living and breathing and it's used for teaching, rebuking. All of that is part of how we how we nourish our faith, how we feed it, how we keep it healthy, how we keep it in good condition. So next is how do we strengthen our faith? Um, I view faith as a muscle that continually needs strengthened. Um, <laughs> I could probably look at it right now as like you know I'm trying to exercise, and it's funny because I'm like, gosh, I haven't used these muscles in a long time. Um, if we don't exercise our faith, it becomes flabby right? And flabby faith makes us waver in our belief. Our faith is strengthened, strengthened, excuse me, through the nourishment, right? Which is the scriptures and the understanding, the wisdom, but also by surrounding ourselves with faithful brothers and sisters in Christ. You know, I think it's Proverbs. Yes. Proverbs that tells us iron sharpens iron, right? And when you fellowship with those whose faith is visible you can draw upon them to sharpen yours. Like think about the heroes of faith in the Bible. They are there as examples for us to follow, not just to like provide a good story, right? And I think sometimes, you know, when we read the stories in the Bible, we can look at them as not, um, like we look at them as just stories, but these things actually happened, right? These are people who experienced true crises of faith, and had to rely on their belief in God and had to um, be there for one another to faith, you know, to strengthen each other. So it's really important that when we read about these heroes of faith, that we really not just read about them as a story, but think about them and apply it to our lives. Because I think that is one of the ways that we can draw strength. Um, The other thing is to just make sure that you're seeking out people and friends in your life who encourage and strengthen your faith. I mean, that is why we are members of the body of Christ, right? Which is to build each other up. We're to build each other's faith up. Um, Obedience also strengthens our faith. When we practice obedience, we put our trust in Christ. We believe in him, in his will, and in his promise. And every time we practice obedience, we see his faithfulness. We see it at work, right? And in turn, that strengthens our faith. When we see God at work, we have a testimony. We see how his faithfulness works and it becomes the building blocks that how it's like how our faith becomes firmer. And even when, you know, interesting enough, like even when we're disobedient, right? God still has mercy on us and he still works some, you know, he still works in our favor. Um, he has mercy and he has grace. And when we, and and then I think you're even more convicted, right? Like I always find that even when I'm like at my worst and God is still like giving me favor, I feel even more convicted then to be honest with you that like, wow, like here I am knowing the sacrifice, knowing what he has done for me and I'm wavering and I have sinned, but guess what? He is still faithful. So how can I, my, my faith not be strengthened, right? Because it doesn't depend on, you know, how he's feeling for the day. He is always, always there. 
Um, the last thing I want to touch upon is protecting our faith. And the number one defense in protecting our faith is by praying for that protection. I really do believe that. Um, we need to put on our spiritual armor every day to protect us against an enemy who looks and desires to wage spiritual war against us um, and make us doubt in our inheritance, right? And like, what's interesting is when you think about it, he's not just waging war on us. You know, he wages war on everything that we love. Um, He makes us doubt our relationships. He makes us doubt our faith. He makes us doubt God's faithfulness. And so it's really important that we protect that faith and put on that spiritual armor that they talk about in Ephesians um, that Paul talks about. you know, and to make sure that one of the ways that we do this, obviously the main way is through praying. But I also believe another way that we can protect our faith is that we live by God's standards and not the world standards, which are in direct opposition. Because faith requires that you believe without seeing. And the world says, unless you see it, don't believe it, right? And Jesus said to Thomas, Thomas, you believe because you have seen, but blessed are those who have not seen and believed. I just, every time I read that and that scripture really sticks out to me because it's like, you know, Thomas had this crisis of faith because he stepped away and believed in what he saw, but he did not believe in what Jesus had told him and the disciples prior because it just seemed impossible, right? I mean, and I'm sure maybe in the moment when Jesus was saying what was going to happen, maybe he did believe it, right? But when you see something that looks just so, um, the circumstances just seemed so impossible, then, you know, it, it can it can wreak havoc on your actual faith. His human faith, right? What he believed in with his eyes, um, overrode his faith in Christ. He didn't protect his faith. And, you know, I also think of like Mark 9, 23, when the man whose son is taken over by evil spirits and he says to Jesus, but if you can do anything, take pity on us and help us. And Jesus replies, if you can, he's like, hold up, I'm Jesus. If you can, everything is possible for the one who believes. You know, Jesus doesn't work in ifs, right? He says everything in this scripture. He doesn't say some things, not easy things, not things I want to. He says everything is possible for the one who believes. And the key word is believe, that faith, that knowing the power of Christ is infinite. And we see it again in Mark 10, 52, in another story of a man with an affliction. And the man is told to, to go. And, and Jesus says to him, go, your faith has healed you. And our faith, our belief in Christ has healing powers, okay? We will never, ever receive the comfort or inexpressible joy of faith if we rely on external solutions. They are useless in comparison to your faith. Things may not work out in the way you know we had hoped, Um, but it will work out in accordance to God's will for your life. And he'll continue to hold you in the palm of his hand, even in the most difficult um, circumstances, right? If we find ourselves as doubting, 
Cherie, or you can insert your name there, doubting, you know, doubting Dan, I don't know. Um, Know that God is merciful, patient, forgiving, loving, and full of grace, and he'll restore your faith if you ask and believe. So I just wanted to, like I said, take some time to talk about those three things um, because it's just been really on my mind. I think that in this world right now too, with the pandemic raging and things are so uncertain, you know, and oh, so much unrest, right? Um, things can feel so out of control, but I do know this and I believe this. I believe that God is in control and we need now more than ever to nourish and strengthen and protect our faith and to believe in what we know to be true. And that is that God is sovereign, that he is faithful in every circumstance, that he will not forsake you. And that, um, you know, we can have hope in him. We don't have to live in a way that feels so frightened and afraid. I mean, I think, I think this, God wants us to use wisdom as well, right? Like we do need to use wisdom in what we do, but we also need to step out in faith and know that God is there, that he is holding you tight. Um, and just to know that the cornerstone of your faith is the cornerstone of an abundant life, whether that means, whatever that means to you, but it's really a spiritual life, right? A spiritual abundant life. Because once you have that, everything else falls into place. You know, it may not be, it's still full of like curves at every turn, but there's a comfort when you're going around that curve that you know that God has you. And so let's just take some time to nourish, strengthen, protect our faith and faithfully, and it will faithfully do the same for you. And that's what's so beautiful about faith, right? Like we do that and our faith, it does that for us. It nourishes us, it strengthens us and it protects us. So thank you, thank you, thank you so much for joining today. I hope you have an incredible week. I pray that your faith is um, keeping you in these times. And I can't wait to talk to you on the next podcast.